All right, let's get to the message today. I want to preach something called Lessons from Mary and Martha this morning. I did it as well. What is wrong with us? This Hello and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information you know, about our church and its locations, year, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Um, maybe you're hyped up about the new year. Maybe you're treading really carefully into 2022 because you've seen the last few years throw some significant curveballs into maybe your life personally or into the the globe, into the earth. Um, there's been definitely a few curveballs thrown our way. Um, but we adjust and we keep going and God's helping us to be flexible and creative in our approach to life and to ministry. But today my message is not necessarily a hype up for the new year. It's not necessarily a walk timidly into the new year. I hope it's a message and I pray today that it's a message that refocuses your heart, that captures your heart again about what is going to help you the most as you come into a new year. You know, some people make resolutions. Some people say eating just carrots is going to help you coming into the new year. Uh, We're going to do a a Daniel fast soon and that's probably going to help us um, a little bit. Yes, your health is important, but that's not going to be the key thing to your prosperity this year. Yes, some people could say, who's the guy that does the, um, the buckets of money? Barefoot investor. You know, you could read a book about how to be better with your money and you could have accounts that act like buckets or you could have physical buckets at home. That would be me. I'm a physical money person. I love to have physical money. If I get money for my birthday or something, I hide it in my house. Otherwise, Dan says, just spend it on groceries and then you can spend that $100 later. But that never happens because the groceries always come first. So I hide it when I get it. Um, You know, you could have physical buckets at home where you, oh, your tithes in there, the groceries, electricity bill, whatever it might be. And yes, being a good steward of your money is important, but that's not actually what's going to help you and sustain you through 2022. And whatever that may bring the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, everything else in between. We don't know the future, but we do know the one who holds our future. And this this morning, I'm going to keep doing it, I'm sorry, because I'm used to preaching at Mount Adam, which is in the morning. This afternoon, I want to read out a passage, obviously, about Mary and Martha, and I want to give you kind of the ending, and then we'll work our way back. So let's have a look at this scripture in Luke 10, 38 to 42. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. And this is the key point right now, that there is only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary discovered it. You know, Mary discovered the one thing to be concerned about over everything else in her life the one thing that would hold her heart regardless of any circumstance she would ever face, the one thing that would give her soul peace, the one thing that would save and redeem her, the one thing whose words would bring direction and clarity to her chaos, 
the one thing that truly deserved her time, her worship and her adoration. And his name was Jesus. You know, Mary discovered the secret for a new year. She didn't need a resolution. She didn't need a running app, which would help her to run 10Ks by the end of the year, which is fine if you want to do that. She didn't need a calorie counter on her phone to get her body into the best shape of her life. She didn't need buckets to put her money in. She had discovered the secret and his name was Jesus, the one truly worthy whose feet she was so glad to sit at the bottom of and just sit and listen to him because she knew whatever she faced after that, regardless of what came her way, if she had Jesus, if she had relationship with Him, if she was walking with Him every day, it wouldn't matter what other chaos was around her, she would be held in perfect peace. You know, I think of the story of the disciples in the boat, they've ministered, they're crossing over the lake and the huge storm arises and the disciples are freaking out and rightly so, they're fearing for their lives. But they also had a secret, they also had a key. There was a man, sleeping in a boat whose name was Jesus. And when they were afraid, when they were scared for their life, when terror came their way, when the winds of life were beating against them and beating against their boat, they called out to Jesus. And in the worst kind of storm of their life, He was there and He helped them. You know, whatever you're going to face this year again, you don't know. We don't know what's going to come our way, whether it's on a global level, whether it's on a personal level. You don't know what's going to come your way. But when you walk with Jesus, when He's in your boat, when you're in relationship with Him, when like Mary, you sit at His feet and worship Him, it doesn't matter what else will come because He will sustain you. You know, He loves you so much and He longs for a relationship with you. But it's something that we need to cultivate. It's something we need to prioritise. It's something we need to hunger after and look after. You know, just before Christmas, we had a Warren family Christmas, which is Dan's side of the family. And besides Dan, he's not very good at it. Everyone else in his family are like green thumbs. They're so good at gardening and growing things. We're terrible. And I'll put me in the same boat as you there, babe. Um, But my sister-in-law had grown a successful tomato plant. So she did a cutting and gave it to us. And I thought then and there, please don't give it to us. There's no point. It's going to die. This thing's not yielding a single tomato while it's living in our house or in our backyard. But anyway, we graciously took it. And the sign that it was all going to go pear-shaped was that we actually left it there at the house. We forgot about it. We left. Um, I did do a text saying, can somebody look after the tomato plant until we see you again next time? So my other sister-in-law took it. And she's fantastic as well. And she got it into a really great healthy position. And then it came to our house and I thought, we really need to look after this little thing and so that our family doesn't think we're the worst people in the world. And so I watered it and put it outside and I completely forgot about it. And we went on holidays for a week and there was massive storms at home. By the time we got home, that poor little thing was completely dead and it had withered because we didn't prioritise it. We didn't look after it. We didn't have a desire in the forefront of our mind to go, this is a priority to keep this thing alive and it died. And you know, sometimes that's us. We come to church every week, we sing the songs, we open our Bible and on the outward we go, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm doing the life but actually the relationship with Christ has withered on the inside because we haven't prioritised it and we haven't cultivated it and looked after it. You know, I know life is busy. 
And I know every person journeys through a different season. And it's hard sometimes to make it a priority. But I've kind of worked out in my own life that if I don't make it a priority, actually everything else suffers. I could go, oh, I'm too busy. I've got karate on Monday night and, I don't know, wrestling on Tuesday night, (laughs) swimming lessons on Wednesday. You know, life is busy. And it's not to say, you know, Martha, I feel sorry for Martha sometimes because she gets a bit of a bad rap. But Martha was doing what she should have been doing in the time, which was hospitality for guests who were in her home. And so she kind of had a right to have a bit of a beef with Mary to say, you know, it's not like they had Tim Tams in the cupboard on the go just in case someone popped by. You know, they were creating things from scratch and they had lots of guests. She was super busy doing a really, really important job. It wasn't that her task was unimportant, but her task pulled her away from what was... should have been more of a priority at that time, which was worshipping Jesus. And, you know, there are things in your life that deserve your time and your attention that are super important. And those things shouldn't suffer as a, a choice of your relationship with Christ, but those things will only get better and stronger when you're walking wholeheartedly with the Lord. And I know that even from my journey as a mum. You know, when I'm not in relationship with the Lord, I am not very patient and I'm a little snappy and I want you to go to bed at seven because I'm done. And don't even, unless there's an emergency in your bedroom, do not even bother wandering out to... Um, to say anything, have your final drink now because this is it. Um, So I know actually that when I don't prioritise time with Christ, everything else actually suffers in my life. But when I'm filled with Him, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I've got what I need. I've got the fruits of the Spirit pumping, love, joy, everything that my kids need, that my husband needs, I'm a primary school teacher, the kids in my classroom need, the church needs, flows out of prioritising time with Him. Let's have a look at a couple of lessons that we can learn from Mary and Martha from this story. I'm just going to kind of pull out some phrases or key words that I read that just came to life for me. So the first one was a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So Jesus was ministering, comes to their town and Martha welcomes him in. You know, as people, as singles, as marrieds, as grandparents, as mums and dads, it is crucial for us that we welcome Jesus into our home. You know, this here is wonderful, but this is a public expression of what should be happening daily in your homes and in your life as a Christian. You know, I just really feel it's time for Christians worldwide, for us sitting here right now, that a fire arises within our heart that I want the Lord in my home. I want His Word open in my home. I want prayer to be heard within my home. I want worship songs happening as a priority within my home. Yes, Bluey is on from time to time and the Wiggles and all of that. But I want him there. I want his presence. I want my kids to understand that God loves them and that he's for them and that he has a wonderful plan for their lives. And it isn't, you know, my daughter's here. It's not her Christian school's job to impart that. It's not even the the church's job. They will support all of that. But it's my job as her mum, as her parents, to welcome Jesus into our home, to have his presence there, to have her grow up in an environment. Because the world is nuts. The world is crazy. And I think I don't want 
my little girl and the Dan and I are currently fostering a beautiful little boy that is only one and we hope he stays in our family. But whatever the Lord has planned for him and his life, I want both of them to grow up sensing the Holy Spirit, you know, like a safe haven coming home from the craziness of the world to go, this is where God is in my home and of course within our church. You know, it reminded me of the story of David when he had a revelation that the Ark of the Covenant was not travelling with the Israelites. And I love he, you know, I just got this um, quote, obviously out of the Bible. It says, this was the, the revelation and the fire that arose within his heart. It said, let us bring back the Ark of God to us. And I pray that same fire arises within your own heart. Let the Ark of God return to our house. Let us be people who are invested in the presence of God, who love to worship Him, who invite Him into our home. You know, as that ark was returning to Israel with the Israelites, you might know the story that the, the rule from the Lord was that nobody was to touch it and the poor guy who tried to do his best as the ark was stumbling, who reached out his hand to support it and the Lord struck him dead, which is so Old Testament. Um, like the poor guy was just trying to help, but the Lord had a pattern and the pattern had to be followed. And so David was like, we need to do a head count here, make who's alive, who's dead, what's happening with the ark. And so he makes the decision that the ark is not going any further at that time, but it's going to go to the house of Obed-Edom. So let's just read what happens when it arrives there. It's 1 Chronicles 13, 13 to 14. It says, so David did not move the ark into the into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. While the covenant was there, you know, in that box was a couple of things, but one of them was the, the commandments written, the word of God written down. While the Word of God, it's often very symbolistic of the presence of God. While the Word and while the presence was at Obed-Edom's house, everything flourished. His household was completely blessed and everything he owned because the Word and the presence of God was within his house. It doesn't say that his life was perfect. It doesn't say that those three months were complete bliss and nothing went sour and nothing went south. But because he had the Word, because he had the presence of God, because he invited it into his home, his household was blessed. And when we invite Jesus in, we can't guarantee smooth sailing always. That's not the promise. But the promise is that he will be with us. The promise is that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that he will always be a safe refuge for us. The second thing this afternoon... I've remembered, is that the quote was, Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. And I just pray that this is your picture this year and I pray it's my picture this year. When I look back and I see what did the year hold above everything else, a picture of myself sitting at his feet, listening to what he taught, opening my word, opening my spiritual ears to hear what he has to say. You know, there is so much noise in the world at the moment, on your TV and your social media, ads, everything, everywhere. It's all talk and it's all doom and gloom, or well, most of it anyway. I know we're living in a pandemic, 
But the more you listen to it, I don't know about you, I know for me, the more I listen to it, the more it troubles my heart and it's so loud and it is so overpowering and it just, it washes out everything else. It's so, you know, it's so high pitched and so extreme that you feel like you can't hear anything else. You know, I want to encourage you, it says, listen to what he taught. Turn up the volume of your word. Turn up the volume of worship. Turn up the volume of listening to what he says. Because yes, the world says it's doom and gloom and we're all going down fast. But he says that there is hope. He says there is life. He says there is joy. He says there is an exchange for anxiety for peace. You know, the world says that your mind will be troubled, but he says that he offers a peace that transcends all understanding. Our natural minds can't comprehend it, but let's turn up the volume of what he's saying. Let's, sorry, what's the the worship lady's name? Wendy, sorry. Hi, Wendy. Even I loved when she just led that little bit and she spoke Scripture and I loved it. And it was like she was just holding on to the promises of God. That's for you and I. What is He teaching? What is He saying? And hold on to it with a white knuckled fist grip that will not let it go despite what the world says. You know, let His Word shape you. Find time to worship Him this year, not just in this corporate setting, in your own life, in the car. It could just be a sentence under your breath. Remind your heart to be grateful for all He's done. You know, find some time for silence. Again, the world is so noisy. Find time to just sit in your car when the kids go to bed, when your partner's gone to bed, whatever it might be. Find some time just to quiet your soul because the world's chaos can quickly kind of creep in on us, but find time for silence. James 4.8 says, Move your heart closer and closer to God and He will come even closer to you. You know, this is not a message today with pressure. Like you've got to worship Him. You've got to do this. You've got to spend 10 hours every day in the Word. You know, I don't have time for that. But find ways just to step closer and closer. A small step is fine. Find something. Find a way. You know, you might go, I travel. Find a way to pop some... Earphones, they're probably not called earphones now, earbuds, earbuds in your ears. Do something, but take a step towards him because the beautiful promise is that he comes closer to you. And when he's close, your life is never the same. With him, it's the most blessed life that you could ever have. The third thing, uh, third little phrase was that it says, but Martha was distracted. And I mentioned before that she was distracted with something that was perfectly okay. But the perfectly okay still distracted her from the Messiah sitting right in front of her. And there's so much that comes to distract us as technology. There's general life busyness, you know, especially if you've got kids and school starts back and it all kind of kicks off and, you know, you, you own businesses, you work, whatever you do, life can be busy and it can be a distraction. Sometimes it's just that we've got a lack of self-control and, you know, that's pretty much just the bottom line of it, that we haven't made a priority of spending time with God because we have let distractions, you know, busy our minds. In 1 Corinthians 7, you know, Jesus is listing who should get married, who should not get married, what's happening once you're married and all of that. 
And he lists the key reason why he wants to kind of put everything on the table. It says, I'm trying to help you and make things easy for you and not make things difficult so that you would have undistracted devotion, serving the Lord constantly with an undivided heart. And as I read that this week, preparing for that, I just thought he's so worthy of that. He's so worthy of my whole heart and my whole affection and, and everything that I have and everything that I own. It's because of him anyway and he deserves that I would give him undistracted devotion. You know, the Bible is really clear about one of the main things distraction does to us as a believer. And it's, it is a dangerous thing. When you are distracted, the Word of God cannot be planted down and take root in your heart. In Mark 4, 18 to 19, it says, And what is sown among thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life, the seduction of wealth and desires for other things to crowd out and choke out the message so it produces nothing. You know, even when you're in a service like this, I know for myself, my mind wanders. When I spend time with God, my mind wanders like ADHD to the max. I'm thinking about the shopping list, thinking about holidays, I'm thinking about schoolwork, I'm thinking about stuff with the kids, the to-do list and I have to keep bringing myself back. And the same is true in church or when you're reading your Bible, when you're distracted, it says the Word gets choked out by our distractions, it can't actually take root within our hearts. So how can we learn to overcome distractions? How can we walk more closely with Jesus? You know, the Bible speaks about that too. And I love this passage in Colossians 3, 2. It says, Feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm. Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of this natural realm. Who knows there are two contrasting things, earthly realities and heavenly realities. Right now, earthly realities that everyone's going to get COVID. The kids are not going back to school on time. Learn to live with it. Deal with it. Blah, blah, blah all of that. Your earthly reality might be you're never going to get that dream job. It's never going to work out for you. Things are going to be too difficult. You're never going to break through with your finances, with your health, whatever you're believing with for. They are earthly realities. But heavenly realities is God's Word come to life in our hearts, that He knows the heavenly reality is, I know, says God, the plans that I have for you. They are plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, that you will be blessed, that you will be favoured, that God, like I said before, that God will walk with you, that He loves you. You might feel unlovable today, but the heavenly reality is, is that you are so loved. You are loved so much that God was willing to send His only Son to die a horrible, gruesome death, that you could be set free from sin, that you could be brought into relationship with the heavenly Father. So allow your, your reality to be heaven's reality. Yes, you live in an earthly body, in an earthly world, but remember, we're only visitors passing through this life and heaven is our home and heaven is our reality. The last point today, two little kind of sentences. She being Martha came to Jesus and said, and then the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he tenderly cares for you. You know, Martha did the right thing by bringing her cares and her worries about the situation to Jesus. 
this year when you're afraid, when you're worried, when you're anxious, when you're confused, when there's chaos in your life, when there's great things happening in your life. And I pray there's more great things than the other half. But bring it to Jesus. Pour out all your worries and all of your stress upon Him and leave them there, it says. Leave it all at the foot of the cross. When you're sitting at His feet this year, when you're being a Mary, just being immersed in His presence, sitting at His feet, worshipping Him. Don't be afraid to bring your humanity with you. God's not offended. God's not upset. And I love that. Jesus' response was, He started off by saying, My dear Martha, He loved her. He had concern for her. He understood why she was worried and He helped to redirect her. You know, He says, He, he always tenderly cares for you. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.